G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. At that time for me, I wanted nothing to do with girls because you come off stage and you just get mobbed from girls and stuff. They used to sell our hair when we get haircuts. The girls would grab our hair off the floor of the hairdressers and sell it at the local girls' school. It was just crazy. As an eight-year-old, I wanted nothing to do with Sheila. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Dave and Shelley Drage began life as child prodigies in Australia's country music scene. They met as kids, became parents as teenagers, went off the rails a bit and have both had a number of significant medical challenges. But now they're on fire for God and wanting to fire up the rest of Australia. We'll hear their story today as they have a chat with Shelley Scowen. Dave and Shelley, it's great to have you here on The Story. How are you doing? Hey, Shelley. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. You do both have fascinating stories that are very much intertwined as well. But let's start off with you, Shelley. You've literally always been talented when it comes to music, but your childhood was a fairly difficult one, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So I grew up in a family in the 70s. I'm a 50-year-old this year, so that's been exciting. And um, my dad was what we know now clinically as termed a psychopath. And he was quite a violent alcoholic and very abusive with my mum, my siblings and myself in every realm, really, emotionally, physically, sexually, the work. And so that's always going to have a huge impact on anyone, certainly in childhood, but also, you know, into the rest of your life. That went on to affect you, obviously, into your teenage years. Oh, yeah. Um, So the first 15 years of my life, my dad lived with us on and off. Back then, there wasn't a lot of support for a single mum, and there were four kids. Um, So she finally, when I was about 15, got the courage to uh, say I've had enough. And um, then I became very rebellious, very promiscuous, a bit of a wild child. But, yeah, definitely... um, I was a pretty big risk taker because so much had happened to me. It was a bit like, well, what else can happen? So um, I was taken on the world in a big way. And by that time, too, I was already um, very heavily involved in the country music scene as well as I was doing uh, Amy B voice training. And I'd won a lot of awards and worked my way up the ladder in the Queensland country music scene. So um, I sort of was in a lot of... I guess, venues and things that were adult-focused in an adult world, and I was an out-of-control 15, 14, 16-year-old. It's interesting in that you had these two sides to your life even back then where, you know, you were a successful musician but also struggling so much in your personal life as well. Yeah, I think um, I know a lot more about how God wired me now. And when I first got selected, to sing and perform, I was like a little five, six-year-old 
school and this lady saw me on stage at some school performance and went up to my mum and said, can I have your child, please? She's adorable and I want to, you know, take her under my wing. So, and I was always that kid that was forever singing and you couldn't shut me up and I was always making a noise and very outgoing. And I guess I loved recognition and thrived on recognition and didn't get a lot of that at home, obviously, because of the environment being quite toxic. So I think performing, which it was at the time, uh, really was a venue for me to get that affirmation and recognition that I so craved. Well, Dave, you were also in the country music scene at this point. You were also a child prodigy, very young and uh, doing some great things. So tell us about how you met Shelley. Oh, wow. Well, it was probably, <laughs> probably more the other way around, but um, I grew up. Remember the, the old Partridge family back in the 70s? Yes. Yep. Um, and I, that was us in Queensland, Australia. And we travelled around with... Uh, my three other brothers and, and mum and dad and uh, did a lot of shows with a lot of people in a lot of places in the country industry. So I got to hang out with some great folks and sing with some great folks and tour with, with some great folks and uh, had a lot of great times along the way. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. I met Shelley. But the, she met me before I met her. She met me on stage. But she turned up one night to our place and I was eight years old, and uh, at that time for me, I wanted nothing to do with girls because you'd come off stage and you'd just get mobbed from girls and stuff. And wow. give you an idea, they used to sell uh, our our hair when we get haircuts. The girls would grab our hair off the floor of the hairdressers and sell it at the local girls' school. Wow. It was just crazy. That is a bit strange, isn't it? As as an eight-year-old, I wanted nothing to do with Sheila. I think most eight-year-old boys don't want a whole lot to do with girls. I mean, they have girl germs. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So in walked Shelley into our house to come and rehearse with us. And so I actually went and hid under my bed (laughs) and stayed there until I absolutely had to come out and uh, go into the rehearsal room and, and rehearse. So that, that's when we first met. But Shelley's probably better to tell you when, when she first saw me. Was it love at first sight for you, Shelley? Oh, definitely. As an eight-year-old, we were all performing at, like, fates and different venues all around Brisbane. And Dave's played himself down a lot here. He was actually pretty much born with a guitar in his hand. And his family are extremely successful in the country music industry. His dad's hands are in the hands of fame in Hamworth. Um, Keith Urban grew up with him and his brothers like his mother. So to put it in perspective, our boys were on stage at this, I think it was a fate, at a school. And I was there with my duet partner. And Keith Urban was on stage with Dave and his brothers. And she had a crush on Keith Urban and said, I want to marry him. And I looked up and saw Dave and said, see that little one? Because Dave's the youngest of the four boys and Keith. Um, I said, I'm going to marry him. I like him. I didn't stand a chance <laughs> he, after um, that. He couldn't He couldn't get away then. It was like destiny had grabbed me. And I just, I think too, um, I'd been handed on to Dave's family because the lady that took me under her wing got cancer. 
And so I rocked up to Dave's household and it's this crazy, lovey-dovey household with four brothers and mum and dad that, I don't know, his mum hugged you and you knew you'd been hugged. And there was a lot of love. They said, I love you all the time and just were really happy and really did everything together, which was quite weird for me. And um, I definitely fell in love with Dave, but I think I married his family, really. His mum and dad got me in as well, <laughs> because um, I just remember they were always a part of my, my youth and my life. And uh, his dad was one of those great men in the background, along with my own grandfather, who were great, lovely men who really respected women and spent a lot of time esteeming kids and involved with just bringing out the best in people. Mm. So... I think I just wanted in and Dave definitely, um, his eyes and his little smile and he had long hair, so the hair was a thing. It was all like, yeah, that's the one for me. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, and I'm glad that at least half of the story is romantic. Poor old Dave went and hid under the covers. But Shelley, you know, it's a, that's a good romantic story. Thank you very much for that. As romantic as an eight-year-old could be at the time, I guess. Well, yeah. that's the thing. That's what I was going to ask. Did you have, you know, whatever a romantic relationship looks like when you're eight years old? Or was there a period of time where you were kind of just mates and then you realised as, I don't know, teenagers or something that, hey, maybe there's more to this? How did that all kind of work out? We got put together into a Queensland's youngest country show band and we toured up and down the east coast of Australia and, and we were doing some gigs down in Tamworth and I remember we, because Shelley and I were hanging out quite a bit by this stage and we were 11 and 12. Yeah, we were pretty much inseparable yeah. from the age of about nine. Yeah, but we were about uh, 11 and 12 and, and we came off stage and um, I went back to the campsite and, um, yeah, we we just sat around and chatted and stuff. And uh, as one romantic child said to another child, well, aren't you going to ask me? <laughs> and I said, ask you what? And she said, like, you want to go out with me? I said, okay, then. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> it, it was very platonic at that age, may I say, though. It wasn't hot. Been there at all for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we pretty much, we were touring together and and uh, stuff. So that's how how things sort of blossomed. And also growing up in the industry, like we're together all the time. You're at festivals, you're um, hanging out at music practices. So we did spend a lot of time together on weekends and weeknights, and so it was probably inevitable, really. I guess. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Dave and Shelley Drage, who began life as child prodigies in Australia's country music scene. We just heard how they met as kids and eventually became a couple. Next, they'll share some of the challenges they've faced, including becoming parents as teenagers. All that and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. 
We're continuing with Shelley Scummon chatting with Dave and Shelley Drage, who began life as child prodigies in Australia's country music scene. Before the break, we heard how they met as kids. Next, we'll hear about their rebellious teenage years that included becoming parents when Dave was 15 years old and Shelley was 16. I have an amazing family. I had a mum that would do anything for anyone and when she hugged you, you knew you'd been hugged and you could feel that love. And um, dad as well was always around and I have nothing but great memories of my mum and dad and even my brothers. And um, I experienced zero abuse as a child, um, yet I was super rebellious and used to give my mother so much grief. I was a party boy. I was I was on the stage. I had access everywhere and we were playing pubs and clubs and things. So by the age of 10, I was an alcoholic um, because alcohol was free because I was in the band and it was never an issue because all the alcohol was backstage. You didn't have to go to the bar to get it. Mm. Um, And I was smoking at the age of 10 and, uh, you know, started experimenting with drugs by about the age of 12. So I was just partying hard and and living the life. They talk about uh, sex, drugs and rock and roll. Well, it works with country music too, (laughs) very much. What did your parents think about all of that? Were they trying to step in and, and make you stop or were they just letting you go with it? I don't think either of them could have stopped me. I was that rebellious and I was going to do what I was going to do. Mm. Um, but, you know, I was always the, the happy person and, you know, when you're the artist on the stage, everyone wants to be your mate. But, you know, again, you know, you're craving that appreciation and that the glory of the stage and the the depth of relationships was very shallow. Mm. So it was actually a very, not lonely, because I, I was never lonely, but relationships were very, you know, in the industry, everyone wanted something yeah. from you. So I didn't get into drugs or alcohol or smoke. I was just wild, again, out of control, party, um, risk-taking, um, that yeah, because I hated alcohol. I hated cigarettes and I wouldn't smoke for anything because I was singing. So we had very different vices even from a young age. <laughs> mm. Then your lives changed when you were 15 and 16 years old, a fairly significant event with the birth of your first child. And that's obviously a pretty young age to be uh, becoming parents. Yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty wild and crazy back then, but we actually uh, really embraced it. And um, I remember sitting down with, with all our parents and having the discussion, we said, well, we're, we're going to keep this child and we're going to raise him and move on. And they, they were wanting us to get married at this point. And we said, no, we don't want to get married just yet. We want to know that we are in this and, and all that sort of thing. So... It was tough. We were working four and five jobs as well as uh, touring and uh, everything to do with the music industry as well. And um, yeah, no single mother's pension back then. Shelley worked on checkouts while she was pregnant. So yeah, it was a, definitely a life changing event. I think too, it was a very different time. Like, Chris was born in 1987, and I was still considered a minor. So my mum was still my legal guardian. Hmm. So, yeah, Dave's right. There was no sense link or anything for me or 
not that I really wanted to go that way, but we weren't living together. We were still at home and because of our strong view of keeping our baby and our parents' strong view that we couldn't parent a child that young, we both left home and lived with grandparents. Dave lived with his grandma and I lived with my grandfather and I think if it wasn't for those grandparents taking us under their wing and just supporting us the way that they did, I don't know where we would have been because um, one set of parents decided we should adopt and the other set of parents, it was an abortion or nothing and we didn't like either of those options. So, um, yeah, I think um, it was a really long time but also... And growing up in a, in a good Catholic home as well, you know, it was uh, quite an issue. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Issue. We'd both been born and raised Catholic. And, I mean, I still remember there was a nun that was amazing to me and visited me and helped me afterwards. But apart from that, we both got quite ostracised. So we both went, Lord, that's God. We're not interested. We're not interested and see you later. Not that we were good church-going folk anyway. Right. <laughs> We had the foundational stuff because we'd been through schools as, as Catholic schools and Dave's family were Irish Catholic. My family were... My mum grew up in a very devout home but my dad uh, got became Catholic because they got married sort of thing. So we weren't as full on as Dave's family, <laughs> I think. Mm. Well, then, Dave, your world got turned upside down again the following year, 1988, when you had a pretty bad accident that uh, obviously affects a country music star fairly severely. Tell us about that day. Yeah, I was at uh, work and had a work accident and uh, amputated three of my fingers on my right hand, which tends to cause some troubles when you're playing a guitar. Yes, it does. Um, and so I really hit rock bottom at that point, they told me I'd, I'd never play again. And, of course, the, the industry move, moves on. So, you know, as soon as you're out of the picture, um, the industry just moves on without you. And mm. when everything around you and your identity is wrapped up in the stage and all of a sudden you can't be on the stage, it sends you into one heck of a spin. Um, so the drugs increased, the alcohol increased. For the first time in my life, I've discovered what anger was and just very unhappy uh, with life and, and God as well. Uh, because, you know, <laughs> amazingly, you know, I, I, I wasn't doing anything for him, but I was angry at him um, for having this happen. Mm-hmm. How could he do this? How could he let this happen to me? And, of course, I, I think the, um, the nail in the coffin, so to speak, was when I was in the hospital waiting to have surgery and my family sent in the Catholic priest to give me my last rites. And uh, I remember I grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and uh, literally, and I said, I ain't going anywhere yet <laughs> and and told him to get out in un- no uncertain terms. And as from that point, you would never get me back into a church and I wanted absolutely nothing to do with God. Shelley, where were you in all of this? A teenage mum with a 12-ish month old baby. And yeah. then this has obviously all happened to Dave. What was going on for you? At the time, I was still living with my grandfather. And um, I was actually working full-time. I'd started some nursing, um, like a nurse's aid work. And so Chris was in care and I was working around that. And Dave was doing his own thing, but 
still seeing us on weekends and we were trying to just work hard to get some money together and do life as adults, as teenagers, really. <laughs> um, I guess the call for me came in. I got home from work at like 3 o'clock and got a message from my grandfather bring dad to work that he'd had an accident. When I rang, it was in hysterics and they basically couldn't tell me anything and I got to his work and just saw a heap of blood and realised something drastic had happened and they handed me a cup with some mutilated fingers and said he's gone to the hospital and I was like, mm. okay. So from there... Here's your husband. Yeah. <laughs> from there, I guess it was um, trying to support Dave and work through his grief because when you have an amputation like that, it's a lot of grief. Absolutely. And resentment and anger. And... Also, um, I was pretty much the breadwinner then because it took him a while to get back to work, as well as the doctors sort of said, you two need to move in together because if Dave goes home to his mum, she's not going to do very well because, like, the doctors gave us this spiel to not sort of react when they took those bandages down and she was the one going, oh, my baby, you poor darling, come home to me. So um, from there, like, Chris was awesome, our son, and he was a beautiful baby and always loved by both of us. But I think I got quite resentful with Dave because I had to pick up a lot of his slack, which I was already doing anyway, which in hindsight silly because... But we moved in together. Um, we set up a little house. We did get married that year as well, which was already planned in the November. And Dave just got angrier and angrier, and I was being guided by his OTs and people of, you know, making him cut up steaks and making him do things and he'd pick up plates and throw them at me and tell me to, you know, get stuffed and all sorts of things. So I guess for me, it probably wasn't as full on as it could have been had I not had the childhood I'd had. But he wasn't abusive to me. He was just angry at the world because he'd lost his fingers. And I knew he wasn't taking it out on me so much. I, I knew he was hurting. But mm. I didn't know how to help him and I was still in my own mind. I was a very broken person and had my own problems. So it wasn't a great way to start our life together. But Chris, um, really, after that point, he was our, he was our world. He was our world and he was our focus. Yeah. So he actually gave us something positive to focus on and pull us through. And we both just adored this little boy and knew that he was precious and knew that we really wanted a life together. So I think that's what kept us going. And this is even without God. We just knew that we knew that we wanted to be a family. So, yeah. Well, that was part one of Dave and Shelley Drage sharing their story as a couple. We've already heard of several challenges they've faced in life, and as they continue next time, unfortunately, we'll hear more. But we'll also hear how God impacts their lives in a wonderful way and gives them a heart for impacting others. At this point in the story, we've been hearing how they are very far from God and that Dave is actually very angry at God for what had happened to him. But the Bible verse that comes to mind is Psalm chapter 34, verse 18, which says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. No matter what we're going through, no matter how defeated or crushed we may feel, God is there for us and wants us to put our faith in trust in Him so that He can help us to heal and be restored. 
If you're going through something like that in your own life right now and feel a bit broken hearted, we'd love to pray for you about that. Our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. We'd really love to pray for you on that number, 1-800-772-936. Well, thanks for joining us for part one of Dave and Shelley's story. Until next time, when we'll hear part two, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I asked the people who wanted to hand their lives over to Christ to come down the front. And I remember standing there, trembling with my eyes shut, going, I'm not going to front, I'm not going to front. What's Shelley going to think? What's Shelley going to think? And, you know, I don't even know how I got down there, but I ended up down there in an absolute blubbering mess. And I looked up and Shelley's standing right beside me doing the same thing. Once again, Dave and Shelley Drage will join us to share more of their story. They began life as child prodigies in Australia's country music scene and then went off the rails a bit, but we'll hear how their lives were completely turned around next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.